powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 238 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome Renier Lorenzo of HVC Cigars back as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by De Los Reyes Cigars. De Los Reyes Cigars introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Celez. So there's a Spanish word that means leisure after work and the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celeste is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celeste carries a brand of Criollo Lore and Piloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celeste and by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick high-priming binder and filler tobaccos, <clears throat> blend the balanced complexity with rays of rich flavors <clears throat> and smooth, elegant aromas. Promo Cigars are family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Promo's highly claimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Bono Bourbon Barrelage, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70N, many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, <clears throat> check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And I want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Great leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Carojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of their JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of Pharma, Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience a unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app via mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the Rebirth of Cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate as well as the California studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime episode 238. Today is August 18th, 2022. This is Will Cooper. Tonight, I'm on the red stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios, and I'm joined by my partner in crime and good friend, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing good. Good. How about you? I'm doing well. You How have a heat your, wave uh... out there? Yeah. It's yeah. How was your top golf experience? I want to know about that. Um, here's what I I didn't play. <laughs> mm. I had to go to Top Golf uh, for a non-cigar thing last week. Um, this is what I'll say about Top Top Golf. If you haven't been there, um, if you like golf, I think you're really gonna like it. <clears throat> like a driving yeah. range on steroids is what I'll say. Yeah. And um, they have like you know they have chips in the golf balls that will show you track where the balls go and everything. They keep all these stats if you're yeah. interested in it. There's a scoring mechanism. The The service is unbelievable there is what I'll say. I mean, the staff there is really a good staff. Um, they catered food in for this event I was at. The food was really good, actually. Um, I, I really, the only thing I could complain about is I'm not a golf guy, right? Yeah. 
Um, but otherwise, um, it's a uh, a very good experience. I'm amazed they have these bays, mm-hmm. and the bays are like you were saying they're covered, right? Because I was, yeah, I thought maybe I could get rained out, right? <laughs> but um, what I'll say is, you know, they're they have like air blowing, right? Yeah, and the air blowing actually keeps you cool. I was right. really surprised about that, and I did go once before for a short time with uh, TPA Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I forgot it was covered actually, but there's, there were, there were heating lamps there too. So this thing can go all year round. Yeah. Um, and, um, like I said, if you're a golf fan, um, I can totally see why someone would be into this. Yep. Um, this has gone so well. I, I, I may have to do a second one of these. Um, I've been asked to do in another place. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this was, and I, I didn't say no. So yeah, this one was in my home yard. So it's like when, when I was asked to host it, it's like, you know, I'm the guy who lives in Charlotte. Yeah. Like, well, I couldn't really say no. And, right. But, but we didn't do a show because it was one of the things I didn't know what time I would get out of there. And I had to be like yeah. one of the last ones out of there. So, you know, it's like, it turned out I got home like just around 10. So we took last week off and uh, we're back this week. Good. So um, it gets, like I said, I give it a good mark. Um, I didn't golf at all. And I had, you know, I had a decent time out there for yeah. sure. Uh, I got a good the hand spot. Yeah. And I got to watch the baseball game. Uh, yep. The Field of Dreams game, which was really cool. And they have some great TVs there. So that made that that was kind of fun because a lot of the people who, there were some people who went that weren't golfers either. They were kind of into that. So I was able to kind of pivot to that place as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, that is, that is pretty good as far as that goes. Um, but, um, no, I mean, it's, everything is, uh, otherwise we, uh, just, you know, we are taking next week off cause I'm traveling. So yeah. uh, we'll have another week off and then we'll, we should be back to a mostly normal schedule again on that. Yeah. So, um, but no, uh, can't complain. Uh, things are good. Are you, are you back into a review cycle again? Yeah. Uh, actually like. I don't have anything new to smoke for a few weeks. So uh, I'm just waiting for cigars to show up that were announced at BCA trade show. We had this like two month gap of nothing's really shipping. So I've exhausted my review stuff for the moment, but uh, I think uh, at the end of this month, I will be able to get back to new stuff. Yeah. You had, you had two, you like, you had two scores over six this week, which is the first time that's happened. Not the first time, I'm sure. Not a long time, it, though, it's a rare occurrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. really like that. Um, I know you really like that Corojo cigar. Um, the trilogy. Yeah, Italy, yeah. You know what's funny? I'll just kind of mention it. I, I, the you, the guy always pick on you for size, smoking the wrong size. Mm-hmm. You actually smoke <laughs> the right size on this one. Yeah, <laughs> because I've had the they did they did the robusto for Abe, and I was not as impressed with it as the Toro. So yeah. the Toro was a much better cigar all around, I thought. So. Yeah. Nothing, you know, it was just that was my preference. It wasn't that the Robusto was bad, but I think I, I could see. Uh, but it still shocked me that that you liked it as much as you did. I got to be honest with you. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't see it coming either. But it was a, it was nice to get one of those to, to pop up. Good. So. Good for you. Good for you. So, hey, let's uh, let's bring on our special guest tonight uh, who is coming from us at a very special location. Uh, he's down in Esteli, Nicaragua, um, and he's actually in the factory tonight. Uh, he is the uh, founder of HVC Cigars. It's been a while since we've had him on, but a uh, good friend of the show, Mr. Rainier Lorenzo. Lorenzo, hey, thank welcome you. back to primetime. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. 
you're, you're, you're pulling, you're pulling some really double duty tonight. You're not only are you doing this down in Nicaragua, which I know sometimes could be challenging. Um, but your, your voice is, I know your voice has been out. A little bit. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Remember in the beginning, I say to you, Hey, let's do the show. I will be in the Bahamas, right? Yeah, I remember that's what you also announced. I thought you were going to be in the Bahamas. Such, such. <laughs> I mean, with my travel schedule, it's like, and I, and I look at the schedule and say, oh, no, I will be in Esteli, Nicaragua. And that's what I say to you, because just I came from Bahamas on Sunday. I just uh, Monday was in Miami, and Tuesday afternoon, I just flew to here, to Nicaragua. Wow, wow. I mean, I hope you had some good times. I saw a couple of pictures from the beach in, in the Bahamas. So. Oh, that's, 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 that's beautiful. I mean, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, and that's an easy trip from Miami, right? You just kind of—it's a short flight, right? Like 45, 40, 45 minute flights. Yeah, yeah. I bring with me a couple of bottles of good rum and scotch and a few cigars, and I was there with the family, enjoying the beach, relaxing a little bit for a few days. Nice. That's good. Back to good. work. Yeah, I've never been to the Bahamas. My dad would love the, the Bahamas. Um, he used to go there quite a bit. Um. Um, and, uh, it, it's, he, he always liked being a, he, he, uh, I remember he used to bring me back some of the gray cliffs. Um, and he, he would smoke those like green ones, which I, I, I didn't get, but, uh, he liked those Cantella ones, which were, I mean, you want to talk about super mild, but he'd always stop and like hook me up with gray cliff stuff. Like this is years ago, uh, when they were in their heyday. So, uh, I'm sure you brought some HBC to the, uh, islands and enjoyed them there. <laughs> yeah 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 so uh no it's a it's real really good and you know i gotta just say another thing i <laughs> i don't know how you guys with the amount of time you guys spend on the road um is is incredible i i was just talking to someone else who's a sales rep and i don't know how they do it i mean it's it's really tiring is i'm taking a trip next week and i'm like <clears throat> you know i'm traveling like once a month maybe now at most and i'm like that's a lot so uh you can I mean, like I, I always I say this is it's a business, it's a job. Yeah. But you need a passion and love. Yeah. Right. If you don't have that, you cannot do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, you know, we say that we say that, you know, it's anything. Like even when we do what we do here, we gotta we like cigars, but we gotta like what we're doing as well. You know, doing this type of stuff. Otherwise it's it's not fun. So yeah. um totally, you know, totally agree with you on that. Um it, it is funny sometimes you meet people. Like they like to smoke cigars, but they really are not inside in the industry. And they say, Oh, you got a really good job. I would like yeah. to do that. Like, <laughs> I see you traveling all around the world, like here and there. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then they said they want to become a rep and then they, they burn out in like three weeks. And they're like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I actually was talking to this guy who was a rep, and I'm like, I, I, you got my respect. <laughs> so I'll just say, uh, because the amount of time you're, you're, you're on the road, uh, and some of these reps have really big territories. Um, I mean, this one I was talking to, he goes from North Carolina to Arkansas and that's like a, that's like a huge territory. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, all good there. Um, but no, it's great to have you back tonight. It's been a while. Um, I know you and I caught up, uh, before the trade show. We, I, by the way, I gotta thank you for that table <laughs> at the bar <laughs> so Rainier had the table reserved at bar luca right and, and he paid the money to get that table right <laughs> and if you're not like if you don't have a table you're standing for like hours and he invited me over to his table and uh i was like thank you it's like the best thing 
I mean, like, me personal analysis, the guy that like to sit in, like, all the time, I like the guy that I always like to stand up, but think about, like, we're going to the show all days, we're talking to a lot of people, like consumers, retailers, they want to talk to everybody there in the show, you're working all day long, stuff, and then at night, you want to relax, you want to have a drink, you want to have a cigar, and at that point, in my mind, I was, you know what? Every night, if I have some table here, I, I can find just a little spot. I will sit down and I will enjoy a cigar and I drink and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it was really cool because, like, you know, once the show starts, it's really busy. And uh, I was, like, glad I got some time with you kind of one-on-one. And we talked about a lot of cool things, just cigars and non-cigar stuff. And it was it was good. It was a lot of fun. So that was the night before, Aaron. Yeah, that was the night before you came in. When I ventured out to Bar Luca, uh, <laughs> I didn't get sick. I didn't get COVID either. So, if, yeah. no, I mean, I, 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 I was fine my way back. I, I was a little something in my throat, something, but I was feeling. I mean, I had COVID three times already, so I mm. think I don't need any more COVID. So, yeah, yeah. no, I hear you. Um, no, I mean, typically my voice, I do have a the dry heat out there will will wreak havoc on your throat. So. Yeah. Um, it's not unusual. I've come back with a sore throat. Uh, last year, Bear completely lost his voice in the middle mm-hmm. of the trade show, uh, which was tough on him. And it was just from talking in the dry air. So um, that when that was when it was really hot and dry last year. So this year was a little better for sure. Um, Aaron, you're not smoking tonight, right? I am smoking tonight. Oh, yeah. What are you smoking? I'm smoking the selection number one. Very nice. I'm smoking. I'm wow. gonna start for. I'm gonna start for the Black Friday. There you go. Wow. Yep. And uh, Renier, what do you got? I'm smoking the hot cake. Corona Gorda size. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, nice. I know we're gonna talk a little hot cake too tonight. Uh, but you, you're actually, um, you've had a lot of changes going on uh, since we last talked. <laughs> and you know, I want to talk about some of those changes first because, because uh, you've really kind of in the last year, couple, year or so, you've made some changes that I think have positioned yourself as uh for growth and certainly as a, as a small company uh these are these are big moves that you made um i think the first one we'll start off with is uh about a year ago you announced that you were going to basically snap start handling your own distribution mm-hmm. so as far as that goes that um you, you've gotten a warehouse correct correct okay so talk a little about like um what you know now you have your own warehouse what are some of the things that go on there i know that you you're still, that hasn't changed, like you, your sales model's the same. I mean, the sales model's the same. We're yeah. still a, a family business, a small family business operate. And and we were growing, right? We have been growing. Yeah. But really growing organically as a company because like we've been in the business 11 years now. And when I talk to people, I say, oh, wow, 11 years, wow. But we're really consistent and they grow year after year. So, and that's what I say, well, we have been growing enough now. So let's handle all distribution. So remember before, I don't know was handling my distribution down there from Miami. Actually, the water house I have is just like even not five minutes from the Aganosa warehouse. For mm-hmm. me, it's more easy to get my product there, Aganosa, bring from Nicaragua, and I go there and pick it up and bring it to my warehouse. Okay, that's convenient. So, and for the other part as a company, you want that study grow over the years, right? A stable grows over the year. Because I always say this for us, it, it will be a complete disaster to grow like 
from 40% to 300%. Yeah. Yeah. We are not that level yet. I always say this. I always like the organically growing as a business. So, and that helps in my position and everybody's position at the same time. Because I mean, like, if I talk to a retailer and say, hey, I want you to send me like a thousand boxes so they have cake, hey, please give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. So, so, so that's, that's been a good move for you and uh, definitely. Um, have you had any challenges as far as now having a warehouse? What's, what's some of the challenges that maybe you have now that you didn't have to deal with when Aganorso was, was doing it? Actually, it was like I, I have my family working with me at the warehouse. It's been a really a smooth transition for us. But the really challenge is just like now for us, it's like if you can see it's not really a big warehouse. It's like you're talking about around like probably like if I, if I remember about like 3,000 square feet warehouse. So like, and we got everything really organized and it's easy for us to move around and get But that's good. That's still, yeah. A lot of people tell me when they open a warehouse, they, they always run out of space right away. They always underestimate it. Did, you, did that happen to you yet? I mean, not for us, not yet, because like I always say, I'm thinking in the way, like for us as a business. I don't rent a, and I'm talking about like 20,000 square feet, what I have, 100,000 yeah. square feet, what I have. So as a company, we know where we are and we know what we're going to go through. Yeah. So and probably, and probably you're right when you say, probably, I don't know, maybe in three years, four years from now, I can say, hey, I got a second warehouse. Yeah. yeah. So I got, I got, I got a big warehouse. But for now, we just control where we are right now. Well, that's good. And that's good for you. And it's, uh, it's, it's home in Miami too, which makes, like I said, it makes it easy. I hear some people who, who have cigar companies, their warehouses are across the country, uh, which, which sometimes makes it challenging, but you have it like right in your backyard, which is good. I mean, you're talking about probably around like 10, 15 minutes from my house. No, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, and the good, like, well, and the good news is uh, you don't have to keep Terrence around. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes, sometimes when I am there in the white house in the afternoon, like just smoking a cigar, relaxing, I give him a call to him and say, Hey, what are you doing? Come up. And he's like, Yeah, I will be there in two minutes. No, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a walking distance. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, the Agonorsa warehouse, um, I actually gone there a couple of times. It's pretty cool just smoking in that warehouse, uh, particularly if it's not a hot day. You know, they have the door mm -hmm. open and everything. It's a, it's a pretty cool place to smoke just in that warehouse, uh, that front area that they have. So, it's a nice big warehouse, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, other, the other big thing, um, and I think this is even bigger, uh, and I guess caught a lot of us by surprise, but it's a nice surprise, is you now uh, have a factory. Correct. Correct. Now, you're not in your factory tonight, right? I am in my factory tonight. Oh, I see, am in the Galera area right here. Okay, see, the yellow wall reminded me of, of the Agonorsa factory. Nice. That's a nice fact. That's really nice. Uh, Renier, talk while you're doing that, because I want to put the camera on you. I mean, like, 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 like always, it's like, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a dream that can convey reality. Why? Because, I mean, it's my love. It's my passion for the cigars. And this, for us, is the next step to establish us a more established company. So, and I always say single long term. So when I, when I started the business, like that was always my philosophy. I don't think about like tomorrow next year, you always single long term as a business. So that's why 
to me, and this being the consistency, is really important in every way. So for us to be able to open the whole factory like six months ago, it, it, it's been unbelievable. And, and so far, think about all the lot of work that we have been doing, that we haven't started shipping a product yet. All we have been doing is producing cigars, aging cigars. We're going to start shipping probably, I would like to say, in about two weeks. Oh, wow. The, the selection number one. That's very nice. That's I mean, beautiful. And, and always I say this, like, I, I, I've been really lucky, really blessed to be around the people who really support me in every step I made. Like, and the other thing, always learning in the industry to listen to the old guys. That's all the thing they always help me to go through. So, and, and, I, lo and I love that because I, I started the business when I was 26 years old. I'm 37 now. And, and I can't complain so far. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of challenges, but at the same time, when you love something, when you have passion for it, it's like whatever. So right. we're going to go to. So. That's, that's good. So let's talk about like tobacco. Now your tobacco for, you know, we, you've always worked with Aganorsa tobacco. Um, it's, it sounded like from what we talked about, you're going to continue to work with Aganorsa tobacco, but now you'll be getting the tobacco from them for your factory, correct? Exactly. Right now, we're still buying tobacco from Aganosa from a factory. I'm buying now a little tobacco from other source here in Nicaragua. They sell tobacco too as well. And we keep producing cigars at Aganosa factory too as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and that's so you've had a, like I said, it sounds like you have a very good relationship with them um, as far as, you know, having the factory, which, which is, which I think is key with that. Well, no, the, the only part is like they always been really supporting and really helpful. So I think I start the business. Remember, that really, that was back in 2009 when Eduardo Fernandez invited me to go to Nicaragua and he showed me all the process, everything about cigars. And when, when I, I was really surprised by them because remember, in Cuba, I was not in the cigar business. I was in medical school in Cuba. Yeah. Let, let's, let's, not, let's, let's, let's not forget about that part. <laughs> so like, like, I always say, like, I never forget where I'm coming from. That's true. That's true on that. Um, I mean, when you were in Cuba, did you ever envision yourself like in the position you're in now? Is that what you wanted Hell to do no. when you were in Cuba? Hell no. If you talk, if you talk to me probably back there in Cuba, 2006, 2007, and you would say, hey, you're going to be a cigar maker. I say, can you give me a break, please? <laughs> it's not for me. Right. <laughs> wow, wow. I mean, uh, and like I said, look at you, 11 years now. You're in the business 11 years, and uh, you know a lot of people don't last 11 years So in any business. So that's a great accomplishment for you on that. Thank you. The, the, the other part is like you always have challenges in whatever business because it, it's always, it's, I believe you got to work really hard. And, and again, you need passion and love for what you do because I mean, it's, it's, it's something like how can you figure out the things like and, and every day tobacco is something that you have to learn every, every day, every day. I keep learning every day, every time I come here down to study, always sensing something new, right? You always like, what is this? So what is that? What is, and, and always, uh, the other thing to me is like, I always like flavor is the most important thing in a cigar for me. For us, it's like, I don't make cigars because I want to make cigars. I want to make sure we bring a different, unique product to the market for the consumers to enjoy. And the other thing is the patch, and I love what I have from Havana City. Always when I make a cigar, there's something behind that. That's all the thing that really helped me to go to the process of, or I, I would put it this way, like, like a creator, right? 
when I want to create something, well, what is what is the passion to say, well, this is this is the project that we're going to do. Let's work on this. Let's see how it works out. But it is a passion even before we made the cigar. Yeah, and you've always done that and very well. I mean, you you've kind of when you you know with the stuff you've made at uh, Aganarsa, I mean, you you haven't been afraid to to challenge and innovate. You know, I mean, you came out with the with the first broadleaf cigar out of uh, Aganarsa, yeah. um, which 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 a fantastic cigar, uh, the Selection Broadleaf. Um, so I mean, you did that, and then you know, last year you were, you were one of the first with the Co 2012 uh, tobacco in the 10th anniversary. So Correct. you know, you definitely have not been afraid to innovate and, and get out there with something new and different out there. That's what I love about your brand. I mean, I mean, the, the other part is like it's, it's about the flavors, right? When you're talking about the flavors, it's something like what I can bring to the consumers. Like when they are smoking, they will say, wow, I, this is something like I never had it before. This is something quite unique. And that's that's what I love. Yeah. I, I could tell you working with Aaron um, for the past five years, that's Aaron's mantra. And it probably wasn't my mantra until I started working with him and seeing him do that. And like Aaron will always say to me, it's about the flavor. That's the first thing he'll say on that to me. And it's always good to hear when I hear a manufacturer do that, where I think sometimes, you know, there are brands that don't focus on that as much. And I'm not calling them out or anything, but I'm just saying it's good to see a manufacturer kind of do that because now I'm in that mindset that I'm looking for flavor. I'm looking for different flavors. Um, and certainly I, I have gotten that with your cigars. I always I got these things like, to me, it's flavor, balance, construction, and clean finish. The clean finish is something that I really pay attention to in a cigar. I want to be able to smoking a few cigars through the day to really enjoy them. If I'm smoking a cigar, it's something weird in my palate that I got to get a little piece of dark chocolate to clean it or hit me my stomach really bad. I, I say that's, that's not for me. I will not enjoy that. So it, it's like I say, it's like when I want to smoke a cigar, it's a lifestyle. It's something that I want to enjoy. It's something that I want to relax. No, I, good for you. I, 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 uh, I am the same way. If, if the cigar kind of has a, uh, it could be a great cigar, but if it has a lingering aftertaste that I can't get rid of, and like you said, it, it kind of, it, it's, a, it's a negative on me for sure. So I always enjoy a very clean finish on a cigar, uh, and especially after I'm done, just kind of that after experience. Yeah, when you're talking about that, you, you have to make sure. First, you got to believe in your palate. And the second thing is you got to trust the process of the tobacco. Like, like I, I learned that in Aganosa, like you got to taste every leaf, every individual component to make sure the tobacco is fermented right before you start blending. Sure. If, if you don't have that right, it's impossible to get those flavors. It's impossible to get the balance. It's impossible to get the clean finish. Because the tobacco itself is not ready. Agree. I agree with you on that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been like I said, you, you've done a lot of projects since we've talked about. Um, I want to ask about a project though. That there was a project that you would. I don't know if I'd I'd heard about this project, but you kind of kept it under wraps. But I know. You were talking about it too, so it's not a secret. 
the project you did at LT Town the Bronze. Yes, that's the project that we haven't cheapened yet. Okay, that was my I question can, on that. Exactly, we haven't cheapened yet. That's that's something that I can wait to share, but that's quite probably one of my weird projects because that was the first time I did a cigar in Miami at the yep. time of the Bronze Factory, right? That's the first time I'm using Dominican tobacco on it. And that was the first time using Sumatra wrapper as well. And the first time we're using Medio Tiempo and the La Rosa 520, the Bellicoso. Okay. Yeah, it's been quite like a lot of things, a lot of going on in that blend. I think we're going to start chipping. I say I'm going to start chipping this year. This year, I would like to say this year is going to be out there. Well, you, were, you were showing it off at TPE this year, right? Yeah, correct. That was okay. the TPE. It was so loud. Quick. I mean, we did it only 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was wondering if I missed it. That's why I was asking because uh, I knew it was a, I knew it was somewhere. I, I forgot if it was TPE or some someplace. That was TPE. Uh, yeah, no. So that that's that's a that I guess I'm pretty excited about that to see what you can do with some of those tobaccos. And I think you mentioned two tobaccos that they love to work with are Sumatra and Medio Tiempo down at El Titan, the Bronze. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and then the other part is I was really impressed, and I was smoking some Piloto Seco from Dominican Republic, and I was quite impressed when I started smoking there. I mean, like Sandra gave me basically the green light and say, "Hey, go there." And like smoking and whatever you like, you pick and you blend it. And, and that's basically what I did. Yeah. So and that's when I introduced the Dominican tobacco in the blend. That's cool. That's that's really exciting. And, and that's going to be an extension of La Rosa, you said. I mean, that, that's another. Remember, La Rosa has never been a regular production cigar. Always yeah. been a, a limited production cigar. We have done just few limited editions on La Rosa, but it's been really a small project, like 500 boxes, 250 boxes. And, and and I have a lot of people ask me, when are you going to release the La Rosa 520 in Corojo? I'm looking in every website, I'm looking in every single show, and I cannot find it. <laughs> I told the guys, if you find one, please let me know, because I want to buy it from you. No, it's true. That is a tough one to find, now that you say that, yeah. So, no, that, 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 like I said, that's pretty exciting. I'm glad to hear that we... I haven't missed that cigar, um, and uh, I look forward to definitely smoking that cigar for sure. I mean, the other one that really excited for the consumers, I want to hear really the feedback and the selection number one. To me, I think it's the one of the most full body cigar I have done in my portfolio. I would agree. So far. It was strong and I, yeah. when I had. I, I know, like, like I said, I, I want to really hear the feedback from the consumer because I think that was so far the most strong blend I have in my portfolio so far. I remember when we were smoking at the night at Bar Luca and you were asking me about the strength. I'm like, oh, I said, that's medium, right? I'm like, and then that thing just hit me about a third of the way through. Well, I'm like, yeah, Rainier, this thing's starting to really crank up in strength right now. And, um, and I remember that. And I give it to you, the Corona size. Yeah, the Corona size. And uh, so that was, but you, that's something you didn't really have in your portfolio was that, was that, was that was that very strong cigar is what I'll say. I mean, like, always when I told, like, HBC portfolio is more medium, medium for body cigars with a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. So in this project, when I say, well, this is my first cigar came out from our own factory. So I want to do something completely different. 
from what I have, but keeping the same values as HVC company. So, and that's the, 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 the fullness, the sweetness they have the cigar, but when you retro hell, you will feel it's, it's to me, it's, it's a full body cigar to my mm-hmm. body. Oh, I agree. I, I agree for sure. And the name selection number one, obviously that is because it was your first blend that you're producing out of the new factory. Correct. Correct. Yep. So, um, what, I mean, so talk a little about that cigar. Is it more Corojo based, Criollo based? What's kind of, um, what's kind of the profile of that I cigar? Mean, actually, in that profile, we have the combination between Esteli and Jalapa, but we were more heavy in the Ligero size from Esteli and the size. That's why the cigar is more like full cigar. And actually, I'm using the Visos from Esteli as well. Yeah, it um like I said, like I said, I was um I could definitely taste those Lajeros. Like I said, when 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 I started getting into it, um and like I started retroing it a lot more, I'm like, yeah, this thing is definitely has his strongest star. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was like trying to tell him it wasn't strong, right? And then I was de- I was in denial because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it just it just went right now. Uh and that's a Maduro wrapper, correct? That's a San Andres Maduro wrapper, correct? Yeah. Aaron, what size are you smoking? Uh, the Poderosos, which is like a Toro this, Extra 6x54. Yeah, 6x54, six, six, six correct. Yeah, yeah. I smoked the uh, Essenciales, right? That was the one I smoked. Which yeah. is the, yep. That the 5x46, five, five, correct. Yep, yep. And then you have a short Robusto uh, in there as well. You know, I got to say this. There's something, Rainier, about your short Robustos that just – and I'm smoking a short Robusto on a Black Friday right now. Mm-hmm. The hot cake is my favorite in the, that's I don't know I, I gravitate to that size a lot in your portfolio. Um, is that a size you like working with that, that shorter robusto? I I I mean it's not like for you it's not a, a like I love it. Right to me like a short robusto size and a Corona Gold a classic Corona Gold size mm-hmm. it's, it's a size to me that I really I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. No I I uh, I definitely uh, I definitely agree with you on that. It, like I said they're, they're, I like your Corona Gordas as well. Oh, for sure in that. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I've noticed like the, the hot cake, that short Robusto. Um, I just, I went, uh, I smoked a lot of those. I'll just tell you that. Um, that's definitely my favorite size of, of the line. Um, in that one, um, until you came out with another cigar in that line, which became my favorite, uh, the 60, the Grand Canyon. I mean, that's a cigar that when I told people like, it's too big for me. In my portfolio, that's the only six by six that we have. And I did it because a lot of retailers were asking for a 60 on my portfolio. And when I picked, I mean, I, I was like thinking about what blend I should bring the 60. And I said, well, the hand it's the, the, the hand is doing so well, people love it. And I say, let's see how this blend in a six by 60. And it's a phenomenal cigar. Every time I give somebody the six by 60 and say, yes, smoke it. They say, what a great cigar, what a flavor for a yeah. six by sister. So that's what I think cigar aficionado gives us night retail and at night and a 60 ring gauge. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yes. Yeah. I, I know one 60 ring gauge hater. Uh, you know him too, uh, Mark up at Mr. J's. And I told him, you need to smoke that 60 in the hot cake. Um, and he loved it. <laughs> it was like, he came back, he said, um, he said, you were right. I said, yeah, it, it, what, it really popped in that blend. And what I gave you credit, Rainier, is 
you know, sometimes I'm a 60 ring gauge fan, but I'm not a fan sometimes when you just put out a 60 for the sake of a 60. And you just seem to like really preserve the flavor in that thing. Um, was it more challenging generating a, a blending a 60 because you hadn't done that before? I mean, like, always, like, I have been learning. Like, actually, like, I was getting the same flavors at the 54, at the 46, at the 52 mm-hmm. on the arcade line. But mm-hmm. always, when you blend a cigar, when you go up in a ring gauge, it's more easy to blend. Mm-hmm. The tricky part when you're blending a cigar is when you go down. Yeah, right. Take stuff out. I, and I've had... Because, I've, I, and that's why when people come out with a Lancero sometimes in an existing line, I don't like it as much because I, something's missing, I've noticed. Well, as opposed to if it's blended for the Lancero, I can be more embracing of it. So I agree with you on that. It's not, it's, I think it is tougher to go down. No, like, it, 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 it's really tough. I mean, when look at portfolio, I have almost a Corona Goda in every line. Right. Classic Corona Goda 46, right? And, 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 and always it's, it's the difficult to blend and that when you go smaller because it's the part that you have to trim in the tobacco to get the same thing that we were talking before, the flavor, the balance. The balance in a small ring-gauge cigars is difficult. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Like I said, um, I agree with you on that a lot. Uh, and I and I do, like I said, as much as I love the short Robustos you've done, uh, probably my favorite size is that Corona Gorda, that, that 46 ring-gauge, you know, the five and five and a five eighths to six kind of range like 46 yeah the 46 is it seems to be like my my favorite size and you know not everyone does corona you do a lot more corona gorgeous i think for a brand of your size than other people do um and i and i do i know kyle from warp does a lot of corona gorgeous too but mm-hmm. um you know it, it's definitely I, I i love that size um as well so yeah it's, it's definitely I mean, it's a size. The one is done right. I mean, and every cigar, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. You know, def- definitely agree with you on that. Um, and you said that's going to be shipping this summer, sometime soon. Is that's going to be shipping? So we should be seeing the selection, the selection number, one. number one. Yeah, selection number one is going shipping. Like I say, about two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's going to start shipping up. I mean, I'm sorry, in the middle of November. I'm sorry, middle of September around that okay and that's good too um i gotta like i said i liked i gotta also say i really like the presentation of that that brand too um i love the bands but there was something about that green and white box that really stood out i for mean me. like, uh, i i wanted like i say less like i was talking to you guys i say uh, i never forget where i'm coming from uh-huh. i came from from havana Cuba, so and i want to go back to really old classy style Look back, right? The beautiful presentation and the green is something way. I went completely way off from what I have in my portfolio. I say, let's bring something that really pop it up. And the sign in the box, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I think the white vista made it look really nice too on, on the background where it really preserved that look that you had. And then the green gave it something different. It was, it was vibrant, but when the box is open, it kind of surrounds a very classic view of uh, the cigar. Uh, so I really, I really like that. When I saw it at the trade show, uh, I really like that presentation. Uh, I'm going to try to bring it up for people as we're talking um, because it was really, uh, like I said it was, it was really cool. So I kind of, and I do like the fact that you have, uh, you have kept the, uh, the 
always kept a classic look to your your packaging. Uh, even with Hot Cake, which was kind of a you know a different kind of name you, you gave to your cigar, you, you had those cabinet boxes, which I really liked with that. I mean, the, 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 it's like uh, the same thing when I'm talking about the design. I like I like to go simple. I like to go the message right there in your face and say, hey, this is this is Hot Cake. Look, it's Hot Cake. Yeah. So. The selection number one, you will see the HVC and say your selection number one. At the same time, I'm keeping the the, the classic or tradition in the bands. That's, yeah, that's important for us, right? Yeah, you got the you, you got a little touch of the modern, and at the same time, you got a little touch of the of the old school. Yep, I I, I loved it. Yep. Like I said, I when I when, when I saw it at the booth, and that's a picture from the booth. Um, it really, like I said, it had a, uh, it just had a great presentation to it um, where, um, you know, and green, I see green's a tougher color sometimes for, for boxes and, but it worked, I think it worked. I, I liked it. Uh, this is my, I liked it a lot. So I think, I hope people do too. Yeah. I mean, so far people love it. I mean, the people they saw the boxes, they, uh, wow. Yeah. And that's a regular production cigar that you're going to have out of the factory. So that's a, a nice start you have. Very nice. Very nice. So, you know, as far as the now, as far as the factory goes, you're doing something also a little different. Um, you have a limited coming out of the factory. This was, I think, only available to people who came to the trade show. Uh, and it was a, a Solomon size of the 500 years. But you decided to do that at your factory here. Correct. Yeah. I'd say, like, I want to give another size to the 500 line. All right. And I was thinking, well, let's bring something a beautiful in every way. It's a Solomon site. Yep. And we feel quite blessed that we have a Rolero and a Bonchero. They know how to make a Solomon site. So in that part, I say, I'm going to bring this, but this is going to be exclusive for the people that go to the PCA. Right. If you are not there on the PCA, you have to wait until next year to get at the PCA. Right. So the people that went to the PCA, they can keep rewarding the cigars, but not the people that went there. Sure. And, no, and that... we did it right now. The first round, we did it a thousand bucks. Right. Uh, so that's that's good. There's a lot of people that will be able to get that cigar, which which is good. I mean, good reception from the retailers as far as bringing that in. It's great. I mean, like the, the 500 line is a line that we do and really well with. People love it. It's, it's a blend, really enjoyable. Like you can smoke any time of the day. Like it's not really heavy and the palate's nice, medium, creamy, smooth. The 500 line, people love it. That's good. That's good. Did you, I mean, the 500 line, I remember when it came out, it was, it was a very limited line, but, um, so that, but that still remains a more limited production overall that you do because of some of the tobaccos. I mean, the, the, the other part is like, we're really picky in the tobacco that we select for the 500 lines. So that's why it's always like it's not like really big, big mass production cigar. Yep. So and the other part, the, the, the funny part is I got people, are you big around 500 years? What's going on with you? They don't know. Yeah, I still people getting what are you big around? The other day, the other day I got the other day I got a friend at the Waterhouse and he said he was doing a, a Instagram live and he was talking to some other friends, I mean cigar smokers. And they were like, 
what was going on with HBC, like 500 life? They've been around 500 years. Say, no, 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 no. We made the 500 because the 500 anniversary of Havana. That yeah. was back in 2019. Right. So that's why we did it a special 500 anniversary. Right, right. No, it was, uh, it was good. Um, and actually, you know, you, you came out with a couple of other sides of that, too. I mean, you had a Corona Gorda. Um, and you did the short Robusto for Pravada, which actually I, I enjoyed that size Correct. as well in, in that mm-hmm. one, yeah. Um, the Toro is still my favorite in that line. I think that original Toro. The Tesoros. Yeah. yeah, the Tesoros, yeah. But uh, but really a, a good, really a good. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the same. That's the same size as the Cohiba Siglo 6, my favorite cigar from Cuba. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why I did it, the size for Dublin, the Tesoros. Oh yeah, it, I, I love. Like I said, that was a uh, one of my favorite cigars, uh, and I was glad that that's something that's ongoing and, and people can enjoy it. I know I'll enjoy it. Too. Um, the Salomon. What kind of experience can you expect if you smoke the five hundred uh, in the Salomon size? I mean, it's, it's. I can say that it's, it's it's something like I can't wait for people to try it because I, I was doing an event and in, in New Jersey and I bring a bundle with me from the factory. We were doing the Havana 9 in New Jersey in Casa de Monte Cristo. And I giving a couple to the people there and they say, you blew me out. You blew my mind out with this blame. I mean, it's a 56 by six recorder, right? It's a big, it's a big cigar. It's a big cigar, right? And when they smoke it, they way, wow. What is this right here? What is, it's, it's amazing blame. Well, okay. So it's it's something that you did this year, and then there'll be another run next year at the PCA. You're saying too. So if folks missed mm-hmm. it, or if they want to get it again, retailers are gonna have to go back next year to get it. Correct. I think that's I, I now that's something I do like about when there is a PCA exclusive that if someone likes it, they can go. They you know if they really want to get it again, that is a good incentive to bring them back to the trade show next year. Um, and obviously we were talking, you you have supported the trade show. I think that's a that's a nice move to do with that. I mean, that, that, that's, that's something that I see more companies are really involved to do that, to bring more retailers out to support the PCA. Yeah. Right? Think about when they did the, the Padron and Arturo Fuente, they did the collaboration. It, it was great to see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was true. And, and I got to say this, too. When that, when that was going on, um, your booth was still, your booth was actually still pretty busy because <laughs> we tried to go over like, when that happened. Actually, I, I was there, like, I was just there. I was just, like, probably, like, like not far from it. 20 right. feet, exactly, just 20 feet from there. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that was an experience I never had at the PCA before. Yeah. Yeah, you probably had the spillover coming into the booth. I mean, it was very, I remember <laughs> close, yeah. Because <laughs> we said, let's see if we get Rainier right now. And you were, you were, you had a lot of people there, like, well, um, and I think that's actually when we shot the photos. I think that's when we went and took the photos was right when that was going on because we came from Rocky to there. So yeah, I remember. And Rocky wasn't far; he was a little further off than you. But yeah, that's I remember exactly what happened. So that that's good too. Um, you know, another another thing I just want we didn't really because we haven't talked to you in a while. Um, the the tenth anniversary. Um, that cigar, you know, that was a pretty interesting, again, that was a cigar we were talking about, the Corojo 2012 you were using in the blend. That was your first time working with that, correct? Correct. 
Um, how did, I mean, is that a cigar that we will see again, or is that just a one and done at this point? I mean, we did a one-time release for the 10th anniversary of the company, and now we're going to bring it back as a regular production cigar, but just only one size. Mm-hmm. The same size that we release is going to be a regular production cigar. Right, right. now, it's in back order. We have a lot of people asking for it, but right now it's in back order. And like, we're going to bring it back as a regular production cigar. The 10th anniversary. I mean, we, I, I love the Coro 2012. You're talking about a tobacco that's it's, it's really finesse. I mean, you got compared 99, Corojo 99 with Corojo 2012. You got the Corojo 99, is more bold, more, more dulce, more, more sweetness. And in the Corojo 2012, you got more finesse. You still got the sweetness, but you got more finesse in that tobacco. And when you see the leaf themselves, it's more thin tobacco. Yeah. That, but what it was, the Corojo 12, was that in the filler or the binder? It wasn't a wrapper on that, was it? It wasn't a wrapper, right? No, it wasn't a filler. It was a filler, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, like I said, and that was, uh, you had a six and a half by 50, I remember that cigar. Yeah. Six and a half by 50, yeah. Yep, yep. I love the size, too. Yeah, it's a class, it's, a, it's you know, good size. And in this market, it's a good size as well with that. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it was, uh, you know, ten, like I said, 10 years is a, is a, uh, like I said, a lot of companies don't make it that long. So uh, you, you, you're doing something. I mean, like- it's still funny. Like when I tell people, like it's still people out there, they they haven't heard about us. And now I say, we've been around for 10 years. Well, wow, you've been around for 10 years, right? Like people really start talking about us, but you can say three, four years ago. Yeah. And we're still a small company. We're still a small boutique family owned company. So that's that's the way we look for it. Yep. The uh, did they did they tell you? Well, what's the difference? You remember what? ten years or five hundred years, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, that that's that's good as well. Um, you know, um, I'm smoking right now. Well, we're going to talk about what we're smoking in a, in a little bit, but I'm smoking the Black Friday from 2021, and you went back and created another craniated broadleaf uh, for the Black Friday, which I thought was really cool. I love the, uh, I love the packaging on this. Um, I love the black band on this. Is, uh, I think it really looked good um, on there. Um, so the, the Black Friday, I mean, you, you've been doing the Black Fridays for a long time. That's kind of like your, that's kind of I mean, your that's, female that's, release. That's, that's a project that I was never imagining like to took off like that. Yeah. Like, so you're talking about like always the, the, the in my mind was like I want to create something special, something super limited, like you can get it just around Black Friday and that's it. If you don't buy the cigar there, you will never see that blend again. We yeah. never haven't replicated this blend at all. Every year it's a completely the only thing is the same as 15 cabinet bags. So mm-hmm. I'm giving to the people, I'm giving to the farms. And giving to the consumer something really special for a really affordable price. Yeah. Does this cigar have the Corojo 2012 in it too? That one we got like Corojo 99, Criollo okay. 98. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure of that when I was asking, but yeah, but uh, yeah, it. Uh, but you do have the 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 broadleaf on there, which um, which like I said is um, the broadleaf wrapper. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, bro- broadleaf it's, it's, it's getting so hard. That was my next right question. But yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah. I, 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 I was quite lucky to find a few bales or rubber to do the broadleaf. 
I mean, right now, you're talking here, people in SLEA, where I, can I get some relief? It's difficult right now. And the other thing is it's expensive. Yep. And it is, and I'm hearing, you know, there's some people who were saying it's Broadleaf, but you use <clears throat> Connecticut Broadleaf on this, so. Um, Connecticut Broadleaf, correct. That's yeah. why we don't have, we don't have the crazy amounts to say, hey, I can make a hundred thousand because I want right. to do like, like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, you, so you have like, so you've had, you know, the, the, the first selection, which is now the selection Broadleaf, um, and then obviously this was a limited run um, as well. So you've had two cigars now come out of there with, with that Broadleaf wrapper. With Broadleaf, correct. Uh, and like I said, I think uh, it showcased that the factory uh, could definitely, you know, do a cigar. I mean, that first selection Broadleaf, I just remember it blew me away when, when that cigar came out in the 2019. The only thing, like I said, was it was a beautiful presentation. Remember, it was like 10 Toros and 10 Choro Busto. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting calls from the retailers saying, Lorenzo, you need to change that. We sell it, and some retailers, they were selling more faster than Choro Busto. And other ones, they were selling more faster than Toro sizes. And it was a really long box. It was. It was. I mean, uh, but it, it, I did like the presentation on that. There's no question about that. I, I, I love that presentation too as well, but it was not really a retailer friendly. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. Um, so I assume that this year there'll be another um, there'll be another Black Friday coming out and that's going to be something different. Just we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> That that that's good too. So uh, and and you did one year. You did that, you know. And I like I really liked when you did the firecracker size of that. That was a that was a the firecracker, yeah. Black Friday mm -hmm. firecracker, yeah. Yeah, Black Friday firecracker for United. Yep, yep. So uh, that was a, a very it, it, unique size as well with that. And I thought it was like I said, very. It, it, that kind of made it a little fun around Black Friday to have that cigar as well. The. Uh, and then you've also, I, I've noticed uh, you have, you haven't like done a lot of them, but you've done some, but you have been working a lot with private labels a lot. Um, you know, I, uh, I know I have had the Mr. J's one and you've done some Pravada ones and some others. So the private label stuff, I noticed you, you don't go crazy with them, but you do have like enough of them, I'd say, where it's not oversaturated. I mean, this, 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 we have this great relationship with retailers and, and and I got people that really love the stuff that we do and and, and they believe in us at the point they say hey Lorenzo I wanted you to make something exclusive for us like for example every year we create something for for Hawaii like something we do exclusive for Hawaii we did it the one with Privada Cigar Club we did it the hot chocolate cake that was a huge success people went crazy on it the hot chocolate cake and we did something for Paul Hoyos there that was great as well. And like, but like, like you say, not something really like overrated, like not something really like a lot of those. So like, like for me, like I always say, I'm really picky the stuff when I want to create a cigar. That's, that's something that I picky about, like what I can bring something like for the consumers, for the people that love HBC, for the people that, 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 that love to smoke premium cigars. That's, that's always something in my mind. What I can give you there, a different flavor, a different approach. So something like, uh, if I enjoy something, I want to share with you. Always people tell me, what is for you the, the, the best thing? I say, you know what is the best thing that can to me? Like when, when somebody, I walk in a cigar shop and they say, I love what you're doing. 
this cigar or that cigar is great. That to me, is, that, that's my lottery ticket. Because I created something unique, special, and they say, wow, we love it. That's, that's, that's the feeling I expect, right? Because if you don't like the cigar, that's okay too, you know? We, we, everybody has a different palate. Yeah. But when we do something like that, that's, that's great. That's, that's, that definitely is great too. Um, and like I said, I, I think it's, that's what I've liked about what you brought to the table a lot with these, with these blends. Aaron, is there anything else we want to hit with the blends on uh, Lorenzo? No, I think you nailed it. Okay. Um, well, let's go back to PCA again. Um, just some general thoughts. Um, how, I mean, how did, what are your overall impressions of the trade show? I know we talked before the trade show and now, you know, the trade show happened. Uh, what were your thoughts on it this year's? I mean, it was a great year. I see people want to really get out there. The first two days, it was really busy. But you can see, yeah, like, Monday and Monday afternoon and Tuesday, because a lot of people, when they just do the weekend, yeah. I see that, like, a lot of people, when they, like, Saturday and Sunday, and a lot of retailers, they went, we just come in, like, my first day was my first day ever, like, Saturday. It never for us, like, a company or size never been like that. Always the first day, people going to see the big charts out there, and they, they're going to see the small guys. Like in this year, the first day was, I was quite surprised to see this retail and my booth the first day. And then we, you know, we live in tomorrow afternoon, we live in tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that too this year as well, because it used to be, you know, when the, when the, when the bigger companies were there, there were the one, there were the day one specials. Um, and you, you, I always noticed there was a certain level of activity, but I'm not saying companies didn't have day one specials, but I, I did notice a big difference with that this year um, on day one. Just kind of how we went and started, like booths that we normally would go to on day one were very, were much more crowded than. This is my opinion. I'm not going to speak for Aaron, but this is that was my experience this year, um, where suddenly they were a lot more crowded this year. Yeah. But like, like, like they say, this project that we're doing with the 500 Salomon, the only companies that are doing projects exclusive to the PCI. Overall, I think it's great for the industry like to bring the retailers out yeah. to support the PCA. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree with you on that a hundred percent. Like I said, and I think, I think, like I said, the fact that you, you know, people might've missed out on that, you know, maybe, maybe they, and if they smoke it, you know, maybe they smoke it from another retailer or something, you know, or to hear about it, you know, it, it is a good thing um, to, to, to have, I think something like that unique as well. Um, I mean, the other school of thought is everyone mm-hmm. wants something new. So that's the other argument you can make too on that. Um, but I kind of see the logic with a cigar like the Salomon being being as exclusive as it is. Yeah, that's, that's and, and, and we will support that. You have to be there to buy the cigar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and your strategy has been the last few years, um, you've done both uh, the TPE and the PCA. So you, you're, you, you're doing two. And I noticed you kind of do something for TP and then you do some, you know, some things for PCA as well. Uh, and you, you seem to get into a good rhythm with that with, as far as that goes. I mean, like, 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 actually, I think this year was the third year that we went to the TP. Because, like, the TP for me was something completely new. Mm-hmm. Like, they were starting, I think, putting, like, more money to get people from premium cigars to come to the show. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, when you go to the TP and you see the premium cigar, it's just this little tiny hole. Yeah. Everything <laughs> else is, right? Everything else is just boom, mass. So, 
and, and I think they doing something how they can go to get the people out, the, the premium cigars, right? But at the same time, it's like the PCA is still the biggest show for the premium cigar industry. No, it def- definitely true. And, you know, it's, I, I always thought it was interesting having you at the TPE. Um, I wasn't at this year, but I, I remember 2020 I was there. You know, you're, you're more of this old school classic brand, you know, and it is a different audience, um, you know, with that. You know, obviously there's a lot of people buying for conveniences, but it seemed like you had a lot of, obviously there was a lot of things going on. There. Obviously people were very interested in what you had there, just from what I remember when I was there in 2020. I mean, like you say, you got different type of consumers and different type of uh, retailers mm-hmm. going to the TPE. Yep. There's a, a kind of the convenience store that you would never seen they were getting the premium cigars. And they did. And they doing it. Yep. Agree. All right. Let's um let's get into a couple of other things with Rainier. Aaron, anything else we want to hit um, as far no. as that? Okay. You're good. Uh, let's go to our cattle baron steak question of the night. Uh, this is related to steak, Rainier. Uh, you like steak, I assume. Ribeye, my favorite. Okay. <laughs> so um, I want to know, here's what I want to know. I want to know, do you have a favorite spirit and a favorite steak that you like to have together? Or, or well, wine or something like that, whatever it is. Or, you know, I mean, I mean, like, my, my favorite spirit, like I say, like, when I want to drink scotch, it's McCallum. Okay. McCallum is my favorite. McCallum 12, you can go wrong with. Mm-hmm. But when you have a nice dinner and I want to have a nice ribeye, I want to, uh, I would like to have a nice red Cabernet Sauvignon. Yep. Mm. I, I agree. Now, what, <clears throat> so let's have that combination. Now, give me an HVC cigar to kind of cook, put in there. And after that, probably I'm going to smoke a, a selection number one or a hot cake or a 500 cigar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, one, one of those three cigars I can pick. <laughs> you know, really that, enjoy I can see that selection number one working well after a dinner because I didn't eat dinner the night I had. That was the other thing. I didn't eat the night I had the selection one. <laughs> so I went to dinner very late that night. So, uh, so yeah, I, I get that. Probably a better move that you you would enjoy it more with a steak. That's for sure. But it was still, yeah. Like I said, it was it was stronger. But I was on an empty stomach. But I I'm not doubting that's a stronger cigar. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into what we are smoking tonight. And as always, what we're smoking is sponsored by Tailored Smoke, uh, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's epicenter and the Charlotte Motor Speedway outside Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. So, Aaron, we'll start with you. You're smoking at Selection Number One right now. Yep, Selection Number One, Poderosas Vitola Toro Extra Six by Fifty Four. This is a nice cigar. Um, it's uh, it's full-bodied, so very chewy smoke. It's got a meatiness to the profile, uh, rich earth. It's got baker's chocolate to it, a really nice spice that goes along with it. And when you retrohale you get uh, a cocoa note that's different than the baker's chocolate when you're, you know, kind of on your, on your palate. So it gives you that kind of different thing going on and you don't get a lot of the spice on the retro hell either. So it's, it's, you can do a lot of unique tastes with this cigar. So you get what's in your mouth, but you get the retro hell and it's completely different than the profile. Some cigars, it's, you get the same thing 
in the retrohale, or it might be a little bit fuller just because you're going through the nostrils, especially if there's a spice or something going on like that. But this is completely different in those both of those facets. So you can really play around with kind of the flavors that are being presented by the cigar. So uh, I would say medium full in strength. Um, it's not overpowering. Uh, I could see if you hadn't eaten or anything like that, it might hit you. But um, yeah, medium full, I'd say is kind of where that strength level is. Um, not overpowering. Um, the finish is clean. You can go back to it and get, you know, get all the flavors again on the next draw. So I think this is well done. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, when it's released to, to smoking more of these. Very what good. do you got, Coop? Uh, I'm smoking the Black Friday uh, 2021. Um, this is the first time I've lit up the Black Friday since probably, I want to say, late March. Um, and actually, I think in the last four or five months, it has really, it's aged nicely. I mean, it's really coming into its own right now. Um and this is a, like I said, I put this as a medium, medium to full cigar and strength and body, not overpowering again. I get this wonderful dark chocolate note on this thing. It's like a dark chocolate note. Uh, it just provides the right amount of sweetness on this. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit of minerality. There's a, on the retro hair, I'm getting a, some black pepper and a little bit of cedar. Not overpowering when I retro this thing. I get just enough of that spice in there. Um, it is a, um, it is a fantastic cigar. It is burning well, but I have air blowing right down on me right now. So it may not look as pretty to burn. That's because it's air blowing, but, um, really, really good cigar. And if, if folks got some of those cigars back in last November and you haven't lit one up yet, um, I, I really am enjoying this, uh, even more so than like in, um, in, like I said, that late March timeframe when I had these. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I remember I looked a couple of these. I was up in New York when I first had it, and then I came back to, down to Charlotte and had some more of them. And um, I bought like ten of them, and uh, I have a few left, and I'm I'm very happy with this cigar in here. Uh, so I mean, this is one Thank certainly, and I think uh, certainly in the Black Friday portfolio, it's it's definitely one of the standouts. Yeah. Me, I am smoking the hot cake, the classic Corona Bonda size. Nice. I mean, this is this is my favorite size. And they are canine. Yeah. So it's a little bit of spicy, the spice disappear. I got a lot of sweetness cling in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Like like the scenes I always look in a cigar. I got that, that sweetness that I always love. Right. Like I say in the beginning, a little spicy, sweetness, mellow, but just just so clean in the palate. Like after here I can go for another cigar and I will be fine. Yeah. The the hot cake, is that how is that your like, I always like to say, what is the workhorse cigar? Which is the one that's really selling the most? Is that the one right now you'd say is selling the most? I mean, like, this is my favorite size. If you ask me, the biggest seller is yeah. the Toro size. The Laguito okay. number five. The six by 54. Uh, it's probably typical. As far as the, uh, compared to the other lines, is that one of your, be- I'm assuming it's one of your better selling lines. Okay. It's probably right now is the better size. The 500 is right there, too. Okay. Yeah, but a lot of people like the Cerro line, the 2015 as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I I love that 2015. Uh, Bear kind of got me hooked on that cigar um, when I first went to a trade show with him and met you. Um, and I remember you gave us a couple of those, and I really liked that 2015. That was a, that, that's a really nice cigar. Yeah, I I enjoyed that one uh, immensely as well. 
Um, and that's one you still make, even though it's 2015, you still yeah. have going production yeah. of that. Yeah. The yeah. 2015 was because it was the year the cigar mm-hmm. came out of the trade show. Yep. That's the uh, mean the 2015. Right, right. And then you did a 2018. I think that was when we first the met her. Right, yeah. Yep, the Crow and the other one was mm-hmm. the Maduro beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, no, good, good cigar as well. All right. So, Rainier, we've got one more segment for you. It's shorter. Um, and I think we'll be able to keep your voice. So, I got to just do a, a spot <laughs> read. That will give you a chance to recharge a bit. All right. All right. So, let me mention our uh, sponsors JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corolla leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasaran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years of experience in the tobacco business, mm-hmm. curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio Nassusto bring his their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. You could try the Aladino line, which is available in a variety of wrappers and blend options that represent the golden age of cigars of Cuba from 1947 to 1961. And you can try their most recent release, the Aladino Classic as well. Uh, They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drop. And by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in the fact that they're cigar fanatics just like you. You'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from many famous international cigar makers like Aganorsa Leaf, Avo, LFD, Drew Estate, Perdomo, Gurkha, and Oliva. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as the best in the web. Corona Cigar was voted in a top five internet cigar retail by Smoke Magazine. Cigar Fashionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock cigar shops in America. Place an order online at www.coronascar.com or visit one of Corona's four central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And we're going to get into an Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. Do you really want to hear another cigar that talks about fillers and binders and wrappers and and ratings? Blah, 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 blah. How about this? Pick up an Alec Bradley cigar. Smoke and enjoy it. Spend an hour with it. You'll be one happy camper. Learn more at alecbradley.com. So, Lorenzo, I have some uh, questions here. Um, They're not not cigar related. Um, I don't think they'll get you into any trouble. Maybe one. Maybe one, but depends how you answer it. Um, and there are eight questions. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first question is, as far as music goes, what are some of the bands and artists that you like to listen to? I like salsa a lot. Salsa. And the artists I like, I like it in a lot. It's called Havana de Primera. Alexander Labreu. That's, mm-hmm. I like it. Listen there a lot. It brings me like, like you know, like this. Yep. You want to yep. keep going, right? You, you want to move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you, know, I, uh, you know, growing up in New York, uh, the Latin music scene was very big in New York when I, when I grew up. Uh, like, I'm assuming, it's, obviously Miami has it, but New York always had a big Latin music scene. 
Uh, it was more Dominican based because that's, that was the biggest and, and Puerto Rican was the two big, uh, those are the two big, like Hispanic groups that were up there. But yeah, it, uh, always, I always love, I always grew up with a lot of Latin music for that. So I can appreciate that. All right. We're going to keep to the theme of music. I want to know a musical instrument that you, I don't know if you play any musical instruments, but I'm assuming if you do, you've not played this instrument, but maybe you'd like to play that instrument. An instrument that you'd like to try that you haven't played before. I mean, like, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom wanted me to play piano. And, and I never did it. And, and today, I mean, I say it's never too late to start doing anything, but I would like, I would like to play piano. It's actually an easy one to pick up. Um, a couple of my kids who were older picked it up. Uh, more keyboard they, they picked, but it was an easier thing to pick up when you're older is what I've been told. Uh, some oh, of the other really? instruments, okay. yeah. Some of the other instruments, <laughs> if you, you got to really, I've told, I've been told some of the, like the, the brass instruments, you got to start younger. It's harder to learn that when you're older, but, but piano's one, like, and they, we don't have a piano, but they, we've had keyboard. We have a really nice keyboard in the house that, that's now no one plays, but <laughs> it's, <and> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, they went from like a, I remember they got one of those real sophisticated keyboards. Uh, my, my, my daughter and oldest son had that. So, uh, but they picked it up and they were older when they picked it up. I'm like, they were 17, 18. So, uh, and they, you know, like I said, they picked, picked it up rather easily. Um, I tried a few times. It's just, I didn't put the time into it, but it wasn't hard. I'll say that. Okay. So Rainier, you're a Miami guy. Like I, I, I associate you with Miami. I mean, you are. I like, love Miami. I love Miami. I love Miami too. I wish I, I could love be. Miami. But you, yeah, are, I love you are Miami. Like when I think Miami, I think of you. So I want to know your favorite thing to do in Miami. Probably like walking around Miami with my family, enjoying a cigar, and go oh, to bar and bar restaurant restaurants. Like yeah, that's probably my favorite thing to do in Miami. Just walking around Cayocho with cigar in my hands and start in this bar, get a drink, and go there and get some tapas. And keep going to another thing. Yeah, that's probably my favorite thing to do in Miami. I like that too. I did it in the morning a couple of times, um, and I really like <clears> being <throat> in the morning in Cali Ocho. There's just something. It's hard to explain, but it's a little. It's a little quieter, but you kind of soak it all in, uh, which is which is really nice. I, I I do like walking around Cali Ocho for sure, and I can park my car easier when I'm driving you know, in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, yeah. Yeah, but now I have the I now have the phone thing. I could just park my car with the phone, so it's 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 a lot. Yeah. E it, like remember, I remember you couldn't do that at one time, so but <laughs> it's a lot easier. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you're a sports guy, Rainier, but do you have a favorite sport you like to watch? Baseball and basketball. Really? Nice. So yeah. uh, Miami teams, I assume, right? No, Miami, Miami for basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who do you like to watch for baseball? New York. Yeah. Yankees. Wait, which which New York? Yankees. Yankees. Oh. <laughs> that, nobody likes the Mets. <laughs> no, Hector likes them. Hector. <laughs> Hector. So they are the Yankees are struggling right now. They yeah, they're they struggling right now. It's still a long season, so we'll see what happens. It is a long season. I mean, they, it, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they, you don't build that kind of – but, you know, what's really – I mean, I grew up in New York a lot with the Yankees. Whenever the Yankees got off to a really good start, they, they usually go very deep in the playoffs. I haven't seen, like, this type of no. season from them ever where they started out really good. And, um, I mean, they've had some injuries. They, uh, 
you know, for sure. I mean, Stanton being out, I don't think it's helping them. But uh, I mean, I still think. I mean, I still think this team, if they they'll get into the playoffs, and I think they're gonna have to go through Houston. I mean, like, I, will, I really, you know, one thing I really would love to see, and, and I wish can happen in my lifetime. I want to see a World Series between the Yankees and the Dodgers. Well, I see. I, yeah. I see. I love that. I got to see that's, 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 three of them. I got to see three of them in my lifetime. <laughs> but you're old. I'm old. I can tell you the seventy the seventy eight series with Yankees and Dodgers is very hard to top that electricity that was in New York that year. Uh, it was bigger than 77, 78, 81. They lost the 81 one, but the 78 one seemed to be the one that captured the city. Uh, it was a probably that World Series and the Mets World Series were the two biggest ones I remember in New York. Hopefully, uh-huh. I wish that could happen in my life trying to see it. We'll see. Yeah. That, I think that would be big. It there's, is. A chance, there's a chance this year. There's a chance I mean, this year. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't count them out yet. If the Yankees kind of get it, the Yankees kind of get things going again. Um, they could, they could, they could definitely make a run. I think it's like I said, it's going to be between them and Houston to go to the World Series this year. Yeah, I don't see any of these other teams popping in there at this point. So you never know. How do you become a Yankees fan? I mean, like, like you always saying in Cuba, I was a fan of Industriales. That was the Havana yeah. City team, right? That, mm-hmm. The best team down there. Yeah. So and after that, you, and in Cuba, you got a lot of Yankees fans too as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. That was the the Cuba, I saw Yankee, uh, Yankee hat. Yeah. So that was the transition between like leaving Cuba to go here, and yeah, and from football, I like watching football too. But my thing is Green Bay. Mm. Okay. okay. Green Bay, they they've had a pretty good run. Yeah. Um, for sure, they uh. Yeah, the uh, I mean, I remember when I grew up, the Packers were really bad. Uh, they became good like in the '90s is when they became good, but in the '70s they were really bad. So uh, I remember that. But uh, I actually went to Green Bay once, and I actually almost moved to Green Bay once uh, with a job, and it, the job fell through. And yeah. we were actually um, looking at places to live, and it's a very unique place, is what I'll say. It's all other yeah, it's like, I- U.S. city, yeah. I, I, I remember I was living in Wisconsin for seven years. And like, when you're talking in Wisconsin about football, you're talking about the crazy thing. You're talking yeah. about like people going crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you're talking about the game, it's at 4 p.m. And people start drinking, having fun, like seven in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's like, it's a big, big sin. Yeah. And that's yeah. me basically how I become a Packers fan. Just because when I left Cuba, I don't know anything about football, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, American football. And I started learning the game when I was living there. That's me, how I become a Green Packers fan. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, um, like I said, I didn't go see a game there, but I did visit the stadium outside it's, of it. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It I mean, really is. Yeah. Game, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it really – I could see, you like, why people get enamored. But from going from, like, Milwaukee to Green Bay, it's like a – all cornfields, yeah. <laughs> all cornfields, and then you get, then you get the Green Bay. It's like it's like about three and a half hours. You go through cornfields, and then you get the Green Bay. Uh, and I was there. I was there at a good time of the year. It wasn't cold, so uh, so yeah, it was good on that. All right, next question: A pet that you would like to have besides a dog or cat? A horse. Okay. Go. 
I, I rode a horse famously in Honduras once. <laughs> I saw the pictures. <laughs> it was a like, mule. It was, it was a pony. It was a pony. Because <laughs> I was too afraid to get on the big one. No, I had to do that because no one in my, no one in, like, obviously my wife and kids believe me, but no one else in my family would have believed. Like, they couldn't believe this when they saw that video. Uh, like, they, they said, because they know I pretty much, I'm not a, I'm not, it's not a, you know, I'm just not a horse guy, and but I fell in love with the horse after that. Little pony was great. <laughs> I was scared to I mean, death. Always, they, 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 they are amazing animals. I remember my, my family in Cuba, they still be a farm there in the middle of the country. It's called Camaway. Camaway yeah. is the biggest state in Cuba, it's the, the cattle state. Yeah. And I remember every vacation, me to go there and, and riding horses like crazy every day and helping them work in the farm. So that was yeah. it, was great. Yeah, my father. My uncle and grandfather were big horse racing fans in New York. Uh, horse racing is huge in New York. And they would take me out to Belmont as a kid. Uh, and I go, you get to, sometimes you get to tour the stables out there because they'd actually have stables out there. Um, not, uh, that was the only racetrack that had the stables. And it was always cool to go see that. Uh, that was really, it was really cool to see that. So, uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. A horse would be a good one. I don't think we've got horses to answer ever, Aaron. I think that's maybe the first I don't one we think got. So. Yeah. We've gotten like some weird stuff, like frogs, snakes, turtles, but, <laughs> but not uh, rabbits. Yeah. All right. I want to know your favorite month of the year and your least favorite month of the year. Are you well? That's quite a weird question to me because for me, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I never think about that. You know. Yeah. I just, you know, Usually the answer for favorite is the same. Yeah. yeah I start thinking like, well, I can say like probably like December would yeah, be my favorite. Yeah. A lot of people say December because of the holidays. And they hate it probably is November. Interesting. I don't know if I got because November. My, bird, my, my birthday is in November. And I hate my birthdays. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I never be a guy like, like my family, my brothers, my cousins, they, they like to make a big party uh-huh. for the birthday. They, they, they bring the house, a lot of people. Me and my birthday, I like to travel to someone where with my wife and family, just be quiet. Yeah. But I want to be quiet. I don't like a big party. That, that's always been like that. Yeah. 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 It, this is interesting because this year for my birthday weekend, I'm actually going to be away from my family for the first time. I'm taking a, a trip and, um, it's like I think it's the first time I'm never spending my birthday with my family. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna be 55, so mm-hmm. I, I've always had family around, but this is gonna be the first time I'm gonna be without my family. Uh, I'm going to visit. Uh, I'm glad, actually that's when Dave comes in. Uh, Aaron, mm-hmm. that's when I'm going up to uh, Minnesota. So so yeah, it's my, my birthday week. So but but I think I'm do. I think I'm due to take one for the team. Is what I told yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So this is the question that might get you into trouble. Okay. And it, it has to do with our friend, our mutual friend, Terrence Riley. Okay. Now, I want you to be honest with this answer. Does Terrence Riley know more about cheesesteaks or burgers? I would like to say burgers. I, I, I would hope that would be the answer. <laughs> I would like to say burgers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, burger, look at this place, like- Clutch Burger is legitimate. That's a great place. Look at this! What he's been doing with his play, the Clutch Burger there in Miami. Yeah, they won the they won the, the first burger. I saw. Yeah, 
probably yeah, I think I think like, to me that's what I think it would be like most like burgers than cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. Actually, the other day he posted a picture with a cheesesteak that was quite nice too. Like they, well, I never saw this kind of cheesesteak. <laughs> we all killed him on it. <laughs> 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 it was it was one of the Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> no, but what happened is he posted this picture a couple of years ago of a cheesesteak from a very good place, and I don't know. It, he must have just got a bad one that night, right? It was a bad looking <laughs> cheesesteak, right? But the yeah. place he went to was like legitimate, R- really good. Like it's it's called Steve's in Philadelphia. I tell people to I would tell people to go to Steve's. Um, and I don't know what happened. That just looked terrible. That cheesesteak. <laughs> 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 so all right that was the honest that was a good honest answer to that one because if it was a cheesesteak i'm like no <laughs> all right uh and the last question if you had a reality tv show what would that title be let's have fun there you there go you. <laughs> there you go <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Uh, all right, Lorenzo, want to thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, appreciate your, your, obviously, your time here. Um, I know, you, like I said, your voice held out pretty good, I think. So hopefully you can get a little rest yeah, with yeah, that. I see, I see, I see, though, the way I feel in, like, my voice right now. I think I did it quite well. Yeah, I was thinking, job. I actually, I was talking, I was talking to my guy here in the factory to say, I got this show, they got to be on. I don't know if I will be able to go through. Maybe at some point I would say, guys, yeah. <laughs> I am losing totally my voice. I got to go out. So even the people that know me, well, even in my regular voice, it's so deep. The yeah. people say, are you okay? Yeah, I'm like, well, what's wrong? <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, if, if we did, a, like, you have one of the more unique voices in the cigar industry. Right? So, yeah. Um, and a, a very good voice, I might add. So, yeah. Uh, but no, we appreciate it. Thanks for sharing uh, a look at your factory as well. We do appreciate yeah. that as well. And by the way, you have great, you had the best internet connection out of Estelle ever. I mean, <laughs> you had the best one ever I've had out of Estelle. Uh, your signal was fine so the whole time. So. <laughs> So you're, yeah. Like say thank you, thank you, you and Aaron. Thank you, you guys for yep, having absolutely. me. Enjoy. Always a pleasure. Yep. Catch up with you guys and have some fun. Thank you so uh, much. Okay. Thank and you, Renner. I want to say a big shout out to everybody that smoke premium cigars out there. So stay smoking. Absolutely, hey. absolutely. And I hope we see you. I hope I see you before like TPE or something like that for sure. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank All you right. Thank you. All right, Lorenzo. Take care. That's Renier Lorenzo of uh, HBC Cigars, uh, live from Esteli, Nicaragua. We appreciate it, my friend. Take care. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, Good guy. So uh, let's move into Aaron, our Soprano segment here. All right. Uh, The topic tonight is Tony Blundetto. All right. A character who was only on the show uh, for one year in season five, played by Steve Buscemi. Um, I had not really heard of Steve Buscemi much until this role. And really? um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was I heard of him. I just hadn't been familiar with his work enough. OK, I know he was in some stuff, but um, I really got to know him that one. He only had one year in The Sopranos, but I think he 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 was actually a big enough character where the, they put his name at the end of the credits. Like right. the end, Steve Buscemi, you know, you got to be, you know, I think it was Nancy Marchand. Was an end, and then um, Joe Pantoliano. Yep. 
uh, and then Steve Buscemi, and then they didn't put an end. There was no one to capture that the last couple of years. But, mm-hmm. um, but one of my favorite characters, Aaron, mm-hmm. I always loved uh, the, the Steve Buscemi character uh, yeah. of Tony Mondetto. Yep. Um, you, you kind of get that. Uh, you get that character, and any anytime you have kind of one of these uh, shows where there's like a, a reformed character, they always kind of have this little battle going on inside of them, right? And uh, I think he played that pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy. He had gotten out of prison, and he wanted to go straight, and he wanted to open a massage parlor. Yep. Um, and he gets an opportunity. Um, and he just cracks yep. in that episode. Um, that episode when he is, I guess, with the Korean guy, and the Korean guy is like doing everything to help this guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What made Tony Blundetto snap? Like, what do you think made him snap in that whole thing? I just think it was the pressure of everything with his kids and Tony and all that kind of stuff that was just kind of riding them. And I think he just, and then, you know, these characters in these roles have that have that flaw where like you know they want to go straight but there's always there's always has been something about them yeah that kind of brought them into that life that they were trying to get away from and they yep. could never escape it right yep. so yep um to me like the two episodes that stand out to me with him was obviously the one in, uh with the korean massage parlor yeah uh where he turns snaps turns on the guy and yeah. beats him up and then the murder of joey peeps at mm-hmm. the end of marco polo right i uh one of my favorite scenes in the sopranos is that hit he does on joey peeps mm-hmm. uh because there's a song that they play uh bad in room by a group called the faces right which has always been one of my favorite songs i mean it's a mm-hmm. very it's not a song a lot of people know it wasn't like a big radio hit song, but it's, and they use that. If you've heard that music that they're playing, that's Rod Stewart, Ronnie Wood, and the faces. And he goes up to the car and, you know, he obviously blows away the Joey Peeps and the girlfriend. And then the scene when the car rolls over his foot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going and hobbling along is, uh, is, um, is epic. I just, that scene, it was one of the, David Chase at his best, just just kind of choreographing that whole scene was 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 great. Yeah. And it it then it starts an absolute war with Tony and and uh, Phil Phil Leotardo. Right. <laughs> yeah, because 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 uh, then he kills he kills Phil's brother. Yeah. Was Phil's brother killed before or after? I'm trying to remember. I don't know the exact time. I don't remember. Line. But yeah, but but then Joey Peace was also one of the New York guys too. So it it absolutely uh triggers a um a war. Yeah. Um another part is when when Tony has to finally uh do the like he is forced to he does not want to do this, but he is for yep. cousins. He's forced to take out his cousin, and then um there's that whole scene. The um, Van Morrison music's playing, and, and yeah. he comes up, and Tony's got the shotgun, and he just one shot blows Tony Blood yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, and then just leaves him there. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, kind of again, a, a few of those things. It was kind of um, the Marco Polo. I go back to the Marco Polo episode. You know, they they kind of showed him with the kids and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. 
it's when you kill a character, I, I thought there was just so much they could have done with that character, the whole thing with the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it kind of got lost with the whole show. Um, yeah. But I think they were trying. I don't think that was the story they were trying to build. I think it was more like that was they were trying to show this other side of him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things that some of those series did where they each season they'd have like a, uh, a special character that kind of came in for that year. Kind of yeah. Thing, so, yeah, you had the Riccio Priel. Um, you had um, obviously Ralphie was two, like almost two years. Yeah. And then Tony Blundetto. Um, they didn't really have it the last two years. Uh, well, the, the last two years was kind of the rise of, um, of Avito, and then yeah. yeah, and then there really wasn't anyone the last year. Um, right. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, that last year there was a showdown with Tony and Phil. Obviously, that was yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, that was a, um, you know, I just remember to what was it the scene where Phil is in the the uh, restaurant with with the family, mm-hmm. and you know he's basically you know asserting his power, <laughs> right? In, <laughs> Uh, and famously, he called him the Animal Blundetto. Mm. The Animal Blundetto is who he was called. But uh, but yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun character. I think that definitely uh, launched him into Nucky Thompson. Yeah. With I don't know if you were a Boardwalk Empire fan, but oh um, yeah, that I was a great. That was a great series. What a what a great series that was. Um and. Uh, um, there's a lot of historical ties with that. And, yep, um, yep. Another show that had a, that show had a great ending. I mean, that mm-hmm. show, you know, and if you haven't seen it, I won't give away the end, but it's it's a much better ending than The Sopranos on that show. Uh, yeah. But he was great in that role as Nucky. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because it was like it was kind of like when The Sopranos ended, there was a couple year lull and then Boardwalk Empire comes and, and that kind of was the Sunday night show for a while. Right. Right. Yep. All right. Anything else on Tony Blundetto? No. All right. Well, we'll put Tony Blundetto to rest. <laughs> All right. So let's kind of get into our, we'll get into our deliberation segment. A uh, couple of sponsor reads. Uh, we'll start out with J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At this factory known as Elver Hole, J.C. Newman knows premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines. The J.C. Newman Pensive Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's where Brickhouse, Polo de Mar, El Baton, and Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and the newly reimaged Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco layer A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, Newman's founded the Scar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars, the Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Cuevas family has now brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You could try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, Abano, and Maduro line. La Mandaria, Patrimonial, as well as the Cuevas Reserve line. They don't carry it. Be sure to ask your old retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our deliberation segment, uh, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. 
There is no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track records since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances on the halfway consensus, including consensus number one cigar of the year with the Mikarita Tricky Traka. Visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Aaron, tonight's topic is NFTs. Um, got it. I got to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't have gotten into this whole auction thing. Uh, I know Matt Tobacco has been promoting it a lot, but it was really the chat with you guys that kind of got me interested in this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I don't I think we were all following. We're all following these auctions right now. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it turns out um, the guy who won the first two uh, NFTs. Uh, and we'll talk about this, which gave you the right to buy the Golden Bulls, is a guy by the name of Alexander Martinez, who mm -hmm. I know. I wasn't sure it was the same guy, um, but he owns a store called Main Street Cigars in Woodbridge, New Jersey. By the way, if you get to Woodbridge, New Jersey, uh, quick jaunt from Staten Island, great store to go to. It's a small store, but just a great atmosphere uh, to kind of go in and smoke a cigar. It's, I, I like to say it's a Ben Lee type of store. Mm -hmm. um you know it's not a bar or anything it's one of those uh small town cigar shops with a very good selection alexander is a cool guy so he confirmed with me that was the same alexander martinez and his words right. to me is either i'm really smart or really crazy yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh but yeah i did confirm that i don't know who won the third one but um uh third one goes tomorrow at 9 a.m so oh sorry the third one, one went yeah it went fourth one is tomorrow at yeah. 9 a.m sorry yeah yeah um so it's interesting. I don't know if he's going to buy more Bitcoins out. He tried to get the third one, but he was outbid. It went for $90,000. Yeah, he, he, he's not the winning bidder right now, but he did bid on the fourth one as well. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, for sure. So um, let's just kind of start from, I guess, a little bit about this. I, I don't know much about I'm not going to, I know very little about NFTs, right? Mm -hmm. But the Florida Minute kind of, do they have to put something into this to create this NFT? They just can't say bid on this digital image, right? There's something they have to put into, I don't know how to say, into the ecosystem, right? To kind of. It's into the blockchain. And basically what it is, it's just a unique, it's a unique item. Right. So you have to generate this unique item. It's got its own digital signature, whatever term you want to put to it. Right. Um, but um, it can, you can, I'll pretty much do this with anything um, to cre and create this type of a, a unique item. Is there a cost for them to do that? Uh, I would assume that there's, there is some costing to, to generate that. Right. Um, what were your overall, let's just start with overall impressions. I mean, what, um, what do you think? Uh, I think this is a cool concept. Um, the way I would kind of explain it to somebody uh, and I'm not, uh, an expert by any means yeah. so uh, you know if i'm saying something weird it could be weird but um i would i would explain it to somebody um as if uh you were familiar with like uh football season tickets like if you needed to buy a seat license for a certain team uh that license only gives you know gives you the right to purchase the tickets it, you don't get the tickets right so you have the you buy a license you have the ability to buy season tickets um, and, you know, when the opportunity comes and they're available, you buy them. If, you know, if you choose to, if you don't, you don't. Um, but once you, you know, once you have that license, you kind of have that for whatever the term is. Um, but for this, it's, it's forever. Um, and then, uh, you know, you'll be able to buy these cigars 70 per month 
uh, I think in perpetuity or whatever, you know, as long as they continue to produce them um, and then you can do with them what you want, but, and you could resell it um, as well down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. But when I, so when I talked to Alexander, I didn't get into a lot of the specifics, but um, he said to me, there was, you know, there's a two part thing to this. Obviously it's a part about buying the cigars and he's going to definitely have the access to, um, I guess 140 cigars a month, uh, at least now, but there is an investment thing that he's looking at with this thing too, uh, which I didn't get into the details why, you know, why this is good or bad, but obviously he, he knows a lot more about this than I do. Right. He, he actually does. There's a whole angle about owning the NFT, which is probably maybe more important than owning the cigars. It sounds like. Yeah. Like I said, it's uh, you, you have this unique thing. There's only seven of them. There's only going to be seven of them. Um, so you have, you know, you have something that there's a limited quantity of. So in the, in that respect, that's kind of where the value is derived. Um, and then it's, it's really up to the market at that point to determine what the value is. Um, because that, that's why they're bidding on it. So yeah. people that are bidding are saying it's worth more than that. So I'm going to bid higher or whatever it is, but, um, you know, the value can go up, the value can go down. It just yeah. depends on what the market will bear at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, the first one went for 85,000. Um, and then the third one went for 90, which I don't think any of us saw that third one going for $90,000. I think we thought it would go down a little more after that first one. Yeah. I think in our discussion is like, you know, number one and number seven would probably be the highest valued ones. And then yeah. kind of the ones in the middle would be a little bit lower, but it hasn't worked out to be that way so far. No. I mean, there's a couple of guys that were bidding and they well, like one guy, every time he bid, he got outbid. He was putting like significant bids in this guy, yeah. like 70,000. Yeah. So he got outbid. Uh, I mean, good for him for not like not doing that. But um, did you expect because I, I think they were asking for a minimum bid of thirty six thousand dollars. Did right. you expect to see the numbers we're seeing? Um, I don't know that I was expecting to see 90, uh, but I think I think we were thinking like, you know, in the 50 to 70 range was probably going to be around what we, what we'd see. Because um, talking to Jonathan Carney at the trade show, um, you know, he was kind of speculating as to what he thought it would be around. So he was kind of talking about maybe, you know, 50, 55, something like that. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it seems like there is definitely interest in it. So that'll drive up the price. I did get a sample of the cigar. Yes. I, I, I you know, normally I don't do review trade show samples. I might make an exception on this one. Um, mm. Maybe I won't put a score on it, but um, I'm curious. Like I said, I'm, I, they had a Toro size, the Jack Schwartz size. I was able to smoke it at, right. which was very actually. I liked the Toro size better than the the oh. standard the the sixty ring gauge Figueroa. Yeah. yeah, um, this I think is a little narrower uh, as far as yeah. that goes. Yeah, um, I just wonder, like, what if Lafleur falls behind a production with these guys who spent like ninety thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, uh, where I'm are my sure cigars? I'm sure it's written to the contract that it's up to you know whether production is available, yeah. right? Yeah, you have to have the sure. tobacco to be able to do it and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So there, I'm sure there's things. I'm sure there. that too. Yeah, on that. Um, do you think that they add more NFTs judging by, I think this, cause this sounds like it went beyond what LFD was expecting. Do you right. think that they add a few more in these now or later? See, this is the, this is the problem with NFTs. I'm going to liken it to baseball cards. Uh-huh. You know, you have valuable baseball cards, but when you find, you know, when you see what the production numbers are that can taint, taint that. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that they do not. 
I, you know, keep it at seven, maintain the, maintain what you had kind of promoted that it's yep. only going to be limited to this. Cause I think if you extend it, the value, then you're, you're going to take value away from the people who bought. Yeah. Um, because then it's, you know, not as limited anymore and uh, it's not, a, I don't think it's as lucrative or as big of a draw. So um, if they want to do different, different cigars with NFTs, that's, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. I think Did you, you got to keep this to what it's at. Um, you don't want to expand it because um, those people will not be happy because um, then their investment will, like I said, it will probably drop in value. Um, if, you know, unless uh, what happens is they, you know, they extend it and then, you know, people uh, decide they want to sell their, out of the original seven uh, around that same time to try to, you know, maybe get a uh, big value before people see a drop in it. But um, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, and then it sounded like, like this is what I, I took away from the LFD booth. It sounded like they're not going to do all the sizes of the Andalusian bowl, that this may be just it. Okay. Um, maybe they'll do one for charity or something like that. They were saying, but it'll be a different size, but they're not planning on bastardizing the Andalusian bowl line. Right. Um, either. So I think, you know, that's kind of something that they have in the back pocket. Um, but yeah, I don't know, you know, if they did it with another one, um, you know, maybe I could see them doing it with something, you know, like a avocado or something like that. But I think, it, you know, I think they picked the right one. This is the one that got them to the dance, so to speak, uh, in terms of, um, you know, a big success this cigar was. So, right. Right. Yeah. How do you think now we've seen retailers bidding on this? Like I said, Alexander is a retailer in, um, in New Jersey, I haven't asked him. Like I said we we were we were really just messaging today. Um, I don't know what his plans are to put this. I'm assuming he's going to sell some of these. I, I can't see him wanting to keep all these cigars for himself. I don't know when he'll sell them. That's mm-hmm. you know. But what do you think the consumers are going to? How do you think consumers are going to react to trying to get their hands on these cigars? Um, I think there'll definitely will be a draw for them. Um, and just have to see what the price is that people, if people choose to sell them, what they'll try to sell them at. Cause they, yeah. I think they have the opportunity to buy them at $15 per cigar. Right. I think that's right. What the price was, um, and I think our, what we've kind of in our internal chats is thought that's going to be, you know, hundred to $150 per cigar of what they may hit the market at. So, um, I mean, that's not a crazy price. Uh, you know, you have Oro Blanco at $500 a cigar and people seem to buy those. So, um, I think people would buy them at that $100, $150 price point. Um, and uh, it's limited. So that's another draw to it. Um, but I don't know how, how long that goes for. You know, how long does that price run? Um, because, uh, you know, kind of thinking maybe like the, the Padron 50th. That's exactly what I was saying with the Padron you know, 50th. That was you had a big mind. draw at the beginning. And then you started seeing the price come down a little bit on those and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think there'll be a draw at the beginning for sure. Yeah, I was one of the guys who paid a hundred dollars for those first padrones, and but yeah. then I actually, then I actually got some for about thirty four or thirty five dollars mm. uh, down the road. But they were the follow like they were smart. They put a separate band, they put the black lettering uh, uh, serial number, and then they went to red. Right. So like, and those red ones were the ones that were less money. Yeah. So that's the other. Thing I wonder if those first batch may go really expensive, and then then they kind of come down the price. Um, and then the other thing is. Do the retailers sell the the gold box, the gold bullion humidor? Right. Which that I could see easily recouping your investment. 
especially that number one that Alexander is sitting on, which again, I don't yeah. know what he's going to do with it. Right. But there's going to be someone, I mean, there, like, there's a market for the, for this type of stuff is what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the NFT, but buying there's something, I see some limited, sometimes go crazy. I mean, I just saw some Liga Pravada anniversary tens going for some crazy prices. So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think the retailers are, are bound by any price. You know, I don't think they're, Price controlled on this at all? I, think I, don't, I don't. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so for eighty to ninety thousand uh, dollars. They're yeah. gonna do what they want with that. Um, but I think that's gonna be quite interesting um, to see what if the consumers respond to this. Like I said, um, I'm anxious to smoke the Golden Bowl. I have one, and I'm just kind of anxious to see what how it kind of performs. Yeah. Um, you know, I was showing like I was showing my wife this guy. She's like, "That's the cigar." She says, "It looks okay." I said, yeah. I don't, you know, but again, I don't think, you know, yeah. Uh, she, she actually said the, uh, the, she goes, I like the other one. It's nicer. Look, you know, cause it, right. Colorado. I said, yeah, but yeah. this is different. I said, so, yeah. um, but if it's anything like the Jack Schwartz one, um, mm-hmm. I thought the Jack Schwartz one was, and I normally poo poo on the retail exclusive ones, but I thought that Jack Schwartz one was really good. I actually managed to get one down in the DR. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So, uh, mm-hmm. more than the, more than the, uh, the regular production line. Yep. All right. D- does any of these reach 100K? Uh, it's possible. Um, Alexander actually has bid on this most recent one uh, tonight, and it's up to 85,000 right now. So, right. and still got 12 hours of bidding to go on it. So, <clears throat> uh, there's the possibility that this one tomorrow reaches that mark. Um, so, yeah, there, there is the potential for one to go for 100K. I think that last one is going to be the one that probably because that if that's truly it, um, if that's truly it, then um, you know the last shot to get it. Yeah. Um, and that's where the floor. I think I'd be careful not to add more of them either. Um, hey, if there's only two of them um, on there, but yeah, Alexander. Uh, yeah, he just I just saw that he uh, bid during the show. It looks like. Yeah. He did that. So. Uh, so wow. So he. Uh, but like I said, uh, he's a good guy, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he when he won the second one, uh, I was very interested to see if he was going to try to snag all seven. I mean, that would have been a great move to do if he had the ability to for the money wise for all that. Because um, yeah. if you can completely corner the market on it, um, yeah, you definitely set, you are definitely setting your own price since there's yeah. no other available sources. You know, I guess you have the option too of like. You know, with the NFT is you can you can get um you can have other people like buy into it as a, as a percentage. Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so I think that, but I don't know what that means. Like, who keeps the cigars and stuff? But I guess that they figure that out. You know, that's not yeah. really uh, per se in it. So here's the next question: Does anyone else do this now? That um in the industry like this because LFD, LFD look they got a lot of attention with this. By the way, when I put when I put the story out there. It was the most read story until Liana Fuente this week uh, right. was signing, and then that took over. But yeah. those have been the two biggest stories of the month. Um, so um, does anyone else do this now? Uh, why not uh, Padron Fuente collaboration? Someone has to, someone may have to explain NFTs to Carlito. I'm thinking. Hey. I don't know if Carlito. I'm sure someone can. Jose Blanco can do it. He was asking me about it. <laughs> He's like, "What is this NFT stuff?" <laughs> I said, I, I, you're talking, I told him he's talking to the wrong. I said, talk to the surgeon. I said, mm-hmm. 
I said, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, that would be an interesting one, but I could, I, I could see somebody else doing it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if anyone else would, <laughs> I, I just wonder if Bruce State would do it. <laughs> uh, he'd be the guy. He'd be right? the guy. I mean, he, and yeah. you don't want, or I, maybe there's going to be a dojo one. I remember, well, that was the question we had at the beginning of the year. Will dojo do one? And yeah. I still, and I, I did well, and I, the year's not over. I'm sure Jordan's working on it. I mean, he, they are into that. They're, they're yeah. very much 100%. 100%. I, I could see it. I guess it, that's why I was asking the question is what's involved with putting something into the blockchain. I, that's the part I, I got to be honest, I'm completely clueless on with this. Yeah. Um, so, but Versity would be interesting. I don't know if he would necessarily command this type of money, but you know, could right. you see a five to uh, 10,000 bids? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know quite how it works. Again, I don't know if there's a minimum price to buy an NFT in the blockchain. Beyond, I'm sure there's people in the chat who may know a lot more about this than me. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm going in and saying, look, I'm clueless on this stuff still. Um, you know, I saw like like Matt Matt Tobacco and I. I kind of messaged him. I didn't really get an answer on it. He was saying that people were hating on this. I didn't see anyone hate on this. The only people I saw question this were people who like I don't understand NFTs. I think that, and that would be the more of the negative I heard than this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there there is negative discussion about it. Um, you know, there's people that don't that, uh, and I'm not saying this is right or not saying it's wrong. Um, you know, people don't people don't see any value in it. Uh, they think it's a scam or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, there's there is definitely that side of the discussion on it, which is fair fair game to talk about because. You know, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing really tangible about some things that are NFTs. Yeah. Um, this is different because you get the human or you get, you can have the ability to buy cigars. So you have something that kind of comes along with it. Uh, but for other things, it's, there's nothing. It's just, you have like a, maybe for like art, you have a digital image of something and that's the extent of what you have. You yeah. Know, you don't have anything that you can really hold or say that you have in that sense. So people see it maybe as just a, a way for people to take money from people so um yeah I, but i think you know people saying people are hating on it it's kind of a the wrong way to look at it yeah people yeah. are gonna have opinions on it and that's fair that you know they have the right to have that opinion so yeah no i i, I think so too but i guess i didn't see anything like lfds like no i, I you know like i i kind of thought most people saying this was a pretty smart idea they did <laughs> so you know uh this was i mean you're not you're not holding a gun to anybody's head and making them yeah. you know go to the ATM or anything like that. People are doing it, you know, free will. So you, if you put something out there and people dig it and people want to buy money, buy, spend money on it, that's up to them. Yeah. I mean, United did their NFTs, but they, they actually sold NFT images based the digital images right. of the Atabay Maduro. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll ever, my, my feeling is that they probably already have that cigar. Because somehow they had to do an image like that, but I don't know. Right. Uh, my my guess is, why would you? I mean, it's a good way to kind of create interest with that. But th that was that's a very different uh, thing than than this, um, because this is involving you having to purchase the NFT. Yeah. Um. So and then that those cigars are like fifty dollars or something like that. Um, I know uh, Ed Sullivan bought one of those. Hmm. And his his logic was, I heard him say this on the air, is he wanted to be one of the first guys to buy something like that. 
and it, it didn't break his bank yeah. to do it. So right. I, you know, yeah. So I can see maybe United. I don't see maybe United doing an auction. I don't know if they could, they could command that. Yeah. Uh, the the I'll tell you the other one that I thought of was El Septimo. Yeah. El Septimo was the one that came to mind. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know that they have the the draw yet. I know either they're perpetuating this high end, um, high end brand, but like yeah. they, I don't know that they have that kind of following yet. Yeah, we had Zaya on KMA over the weekend, and the, the thing came up. I don't know if you remember the Los Angeles Rams were smoking the El Septimos. Right. He had no idea that they got his. He said, I had no idea they got those hands on the cigars. He oh, said he was as shocked as everybody. Okay. Um, and he wasn't even sure it was that El Septimo until people started like really blowing up the images and stuff. So he, mm-hmm. he was, he had no clue, you know, how they got those cigars is what he said. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, could, it would have been an easy thing for him to, he said, no, I didn't give them to anybody. You know, I didn't know. Oh, he goes, I was surprised about it. I was happy about it. But yeah. yeah. But I could see, I could see maybe him doing something like that. Maybe even Brian from Pravada. Sure. You know, maybe Brian, I don't know. Maybe he comes up with a way I could see him being a guy to do it. Uh, right. You know, he thinks out of the box and a lot of stuff with that. Yeah. So he would be another guy to do it um, for sure. Um, but I don't, you know, even this kind of surprised me from LFD being a very traditional company, but this was apparently Tony's uh, baby. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the younger thinking with that, I could see that too. Right. Yeah. But we shall see what is happening. Uh the I guess the last auction closes a week from now, I think. So mm. um because number five goes for sale tomorrow, uh number six goes for sale Sunday, and number seven goes for sale Tuesday. So that would end this that a week from now. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes with that. Um, but that's it. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh we'll, we'll see what happens with the next steps with it. LaFleur certainly has gotten a lot of attention with it. Um yep. so can't can't argue. All right. Um, so anything else before we wrap up? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, programming notes. Uh, we will have, uh, we're actually going to have next week, no show for primetime on Thursday. We'll be back for 2.39 on September 1st. We're going to have Casa 1910 cigars on. Yep. Um, I'm actually kind of excited. to. T- I talked to them a bit at the trade show, so uh, pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. I think they're doing some. Uh, we didn't do a video with them at the trade show, um, and I actually regretted it because uh, they were pretty good. They were pretty. Uh, it was interesting. So, yep. Um, we shall see. Uh, there will be a primetime jukebox Monday night. On um, we're gonna have the Rolling Stone. We're still going through the Rolling Stone top five hundred list. Um, so we've been breaking that up. We're on the eighth part of this ten part installment. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing that Monday. And then uh, I'm traveling that week, so we won't have any other shows till the following week. Yeah. All right. Thanks to uh, Rene Lorenzo for joining. Thanks to our audience. Aaron, thank you as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 238 into the Annals of History for Thursday, August 18th, 2022. Now Friday, August 19th on the Eastern Time Zone. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>